Welcome to the Investor Coaching Show, a podcast to help you get an insider's view of the financial world and escape common investment traps. We look at the financial news of the day and help you make sense of it so you can relax about money. And here's your host, Paul Winkler. And welcome to the Investor Coaching Show. I'm Paul Winkler talking about the world of money and investing. That's what we talk about around here. And I am joined, Mr. Jim Wood, Certified Financial Planner. Jim, how are you? I am doing well. How are you doing on this fine day? I am. It is a fine day. It's always a fine day. Uh, but I'm doing well. Uh, so, <laughs> you know what I thought, I, uh, Jim, one of the things I want to do is talk a little bit about something that, uh, and every once in a while you'll have things that happen and you want to discuss these things because you know that it affects more people than just the people that you were having the discussion with. So one of the things that I don't talk about a whole lot, we talk about a little bit, and we have some estate planning videos that we have on our website and things like, you know, clients of ours, you know how to get to those. You know, you have the ability to watch estate planning videos. What's a will? What's a trust? You know, powers of attorney, uh, springing powers of attorney. What are they? You know, those types of things. But um, one of the things that we find as we get older, and this is a delicate subject because as we get older, a lot of times cognitive abilities start to fade away. And as I've said many times, the unfortunate thing is a lot of times what happens as we get older, our cognitive abilities may fade, but our confidence actually can increase you ever seen that, Jim, <laughs> kind of where that happens with somebody? Oh, absolutely. I know you've hit that on the show and there's been studies and things like that. But yeah, the fact that, you know, somebody might actually be losing ability, but becomes more confidence in that ability, that's kind of a double-edged sword that can really nick you. Yeah, yeah, because what ends up happening is you'll make decisions and you go, hey, you know, I think I'm going to make a change in direction, you know, do this because, you know, I have so much experience and I've been around the block a few times and, you know, we, we've talked about the Dunning-Kruger effect, you know, you, you have a little bit of information and all of a sudden it's kind of give, it's like uh, give somebody an inch and they think they're a ruler, you know, that type of thing. But uh, quite often we end up with false confidence is really what it's called in psychology. But uh, as we age, Many times there will be people in our lives and maybe people that aren't necessarily in our lives a whole lot, but they decide to enter our lives because there is a financial advantage of doing so. And there are things that you really want to think about, you know, because th there is a list of questions, actually, an attorney that, uh, that we work with for securities work that we do. Uh, you know, registration, you know, federal uh, registration things that, and they, they help us with, you, know, you have all kinds of rules that you have to deal with when it comes to the securities industry, making sure you cross the T's and dot the I's and make sure that you're doing the right thing and make sure that you're disclosing everything. And, and there are a lot of things that, you know, if you're doing this right, you have to disclose a lot of things and talk about a lot of things that may seem a little bit odd, but the regulars, the regulators want to make sure that the public is protected and that they're not, you know, maybe there's not something that they're not hearing from the financial advisor. So therefore, we had this conversation, and I thought, you know, what we would do is, Jim, kind of talk a little bit about, from your perspective, what you've seen regarding, you know, like, dealing with 
elderly clients and some of the things that you think that they have to consider or some of the questions that they typically might come up with? Because I thought that was an interesting conversation the other day. Yeah, absolutely. And, and there's, it's such a multifaceted problem in that, you know, every situation is different. And something that we're seeing time and time again, people are getting older. Um, you know, we will start working with clients and so those clients get older and older. And then, you know, they start to worry about, okay, how am I going to handle things in the future with my kids, beneficiaries and things like that? Who's going to help me make decisions? But there's so many issues that can affect this because there's the independence issue. I don't need anybody's help. Um, yeah. There can be the shame from feeling that you don't want to you don't want to admit necessarily that you're going through that type of decline, but uh, and and that can, that varies by the person. You know, some people are like perfectly okay going, hey, you know, I need some help, but some people that is it. It's an area of shame and and it feels bad and and they don't want to admit that that's happening, especially with more intelligent people. That's the interesting thing in the research that I remember seeing was that the more intelligent a person is, the better they are at masking their decline is another thing that you find. Yeah, and a corollary um, to that is also privacy. Sometimes people just don't feel comfortable talking about mm -hmm. this stuff, even if it's with loved ones, mm -hmm. and it might not even be an independence issue, which is, I don't want to share that information issue. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not, yeah, when, when we talk about money, sometimes that's a taboo topic. You're not supposed to talk about that. Yeah, it's, it's like, you know, don't ask, you know, don't ask what Mr. Jones earns. You know, that's not polite to ask what somebody earns or, you know, something like that, right? Absolutely. And you know, I was just taking, kind of taking some notes on kind of what comes to mind when I, when I think about all these issues. And I just wrote down basically a list of words. And another one, the first thing I did too is trust because mm -hmm. um, relationships are different across the board with people. And sometimes they will have absolute trust. Mm -hmm. and kids or another loved one or whatever. Sometimes that trust um, isn't there. Misplaced. And sometimes, misplaced, maybe. Yeah, and sometimes it's misplaced, too. Exactly. That was kind of where I was going next. And that, you know, maybe it's there's trust there, but there shouldn't be because, you know, that person that they think they're trusting to help them make decisions might not be thinking in terms of their best interests, but potentially their own best interest. And that's the big concern when it comes to the possibility of abuse. Yeah, it is sad that sometimes money just changes people. And we've seen that in all different ways. I mean, I think about you know, lottery winners. You know, it's just interesting how all of a sudden they've won the lottery. And not only do they change quite a bit, but they also find that their friends change is another thing that I've run into. So a couple of things, and I thought some of the questions that were asked uh, by this attorney, the, the questions that they said, hey, here are things that you want to be thinking about. And we'll just hit a few of these, I think would be helpful. But the first question was about, are you aware of the financial decisions being made on your behalf? Now, for some people, they're having decisions, people make decisions for them already. And that would come down to when you're actually sitting down with an attorney, you might be thinking about having a power of attorney to allow somebody to make decisions on your behalf. And we're not going to play lawyer on here, but you know, you'll have things called springing power of attorney where it springs into force where somebody can make decisions on your behalf. And it may be for healthcare reasons and it may be for financial reasons. They're able to make decisions because sometimes what happens is you don't have the ability to decide whether you are actually going to whether a certain procedure might be done 
for healthcare purposes. And many times the doctor actually has to keep you alive. They have no choice in the matter and resuscitate you when you'd rather not be resuscitated. That's a whole other topic right there, too. You know, so there, there are all of those type of things. But the powers of attorney for financial reasons is you may be incapacitated and unable to sign documents. So you want somebody to be able to sign on your behalf and that's something to be really thought about. And I've had people, Jim, I don't know about you, but I've had people, clients, where they just go, I don't have anybody that I trust oh, absolutely. in that area. Yeah, that's and, and that's a concern. And that's a conversation that's had in terms of like, who would you want to be able to make decisions for you? And certainly on a healthcare level and then also on a financial level. And again, it goes back to that trust and it goes back to vulnerability because that can put you in a little bit more vulnerable state. And so it really has to be a relationship there that has some checks and balances if, if you can work that out with a lawyer, but also somebody that's, you know, you have a deep trust in. And, and here's another thing to think about. And this is a conversation that you have with the attorney is talk about having, you know, we talk an awful lot about when it comes to financial advice, working with somebody that is a fiduciary, they must keep your best interest first. Now, there are people that can be fiduciaries in the financial world where they're in one sense, they're a fiduciary, but they can take that hat off in the sale of products. So you got to be super, super careful that it is a fiduciary at the very, very highest level. And even that term, let me just, let me say just as a, uh, this is something that I think is important to understand is that financial advisors may not even know what's in your best interest. I mean, I've talked about that study that was done a few years ago from Indiana University, USC. And the reason that study was so important was that they found that financial advisors were making mistakes with their own portfolio. So I think that it's really good to have an academic type of an approach to investing for that reason. So that you look at the academics, you know, the prudent investor rule, which says, you know, engaging in trying to pick stocks, time the market, uh, choosing funds based on past performance, which is rampant in the industry, choosing investment market segments that are, is rampant because it's, it sells. Something that did well in the past, it sells because people think, oh, it's probably did well in the past, it's going to do well in the future because they attribute the good performance due to skill you know, rather than just asset allocation. And asset allocation is what segment of the market happened to be there and what segment of the market happened to do well recently is very likely not to be the one that's going to do well in the future. But when you actually have somebody acting on your behalf in this particular instance, you want to make sure that they're held to that fiduciary standard. So, and, and they have to keep everybody's best interest first. You know, and that would be other heirs to the, uh, to, to the estate as well. You know, so that's one of the things that you want to think about. Second question that was here, do you feel pressured or coerced into giving money or making financial transactions? You want to talk about that for a second? Well, not just if somebody can be having undue influence on you that you may still, you know, be in control of signing documents and things like that. But there are lots of different ways that you can be pressured into making financial decisions that aren't in your best interest. I mean, look, it happens over the phone with some of these phone scams that seniors become victims of because the people on the phone are just so forceful and yeah, so you hurry. intense. And yeah, and you just you have to do this and you're going to do it now. And and people fall victim to this because in general their whole life they've just trusted people and they've been you know kind of accustomed just to going along and being nice and things like that but then they can get take advantage 
get taken advantage of by somebody who is not acting in their best interest. And so that pressure can come from a lot of different directions, whether it's a scam over the phone or whether it's somebody who's a member of the family. And keep in mind, you know, when somebody's trying to get you to make a decision fast, what's happening is there's a part of your brain that is actually engaging, which is kind of the flight fight freeze. And it is where you go into panic mode. And, you know, have you ever been kind of in a panic and you can't think straight? But then 10 minutes later, you're thinking perfectly clearly. That's because that's the way your brain works. And what's happening is they're playing on that principle that you can't even think clearly. So you're just going to go along with something, number one. Number two, the other thing regarding this, you know, do you feel pressure to coerce into giving money? A lot of people will actually go along with something. And it's sad because they depend upon the person that they are actually being coerced by. For some reason, they're dependent upon them, and they, they feel if they don't go along, that person will abandon them. This is real stuff. I mean, this is real stuff. I've seen it happen over and over again, and it isn't even necessarily family members. I've seen people outside the family mm. that were caretakers, and they, didn't, they felt like if they didn't go along, you know, so this is something that you want to make sure that you deal with you know, with your legal counsel as well. Well, especially at that time of life when there can be a fair amount of isolation. And mm -hmm. if you don't have that many outlets and then one of those outlets is that person that is trying to take advantage of you. Oh, great point. That absolutely puts you in that vulnerable position. No, that, that's a really good point because a lot of times people get isolated. And this is one of the reasons that I'm always trying to get older people, you know, find ways to get them out of the house, find ways to get them with other people. Yeah, super important. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah, super, super important. Uh, have you noticed any unauthorized withdrawals or transactions from your bank accounts is another question that was given here. And this particular question, Jim, hits me because one of the things I have is I've had friends that are accountants, and you may want to see if there's somebody that does this type of work. And a lot of times accountants are good people for this type of work, uh, but I've had friends of mine that actually they charge a, a fee, a service for paying bills. Mm, sure. And yeah. actually looking at your accounts and, and making sure that nothing weird is going on as far as those accounts go. Uh, so I think that's helpful as well to have somebody maybe as you get older and you can't do this type of stuff that can do that for you. Well, I think that's good advice for any, somebody who's 18 or 80 in terms of if you notice any unauthorized withdrawals mm -hmm. or transactions from your bank account, you better be following up. Yeah, for, for sure. Um, I, I like this next one. This Go ahead. Do you know who has access to your financial documents and personal information? So, mm -hmm. you know, there, there's in the data-driven world, there's information everywhere. You fill out a credit card online, you do social media, whatever that information is so much out there. But who has enough access to your information to be able to start doing transactions in, in your name? Can somebody get your social security number? Mm -hmm. Can somebody, does somebody have your address? Does somebody have account? numbers. So again, it's all about control of that information and access to that information is what can leave you vulnerable. So making sure you're, you're in a position where you know who has access and that person isn't likely to run off with your bank account. Right, right. Yeah, it was interesting you say that because my, uh, my wife and I were talking about something this week and they talking about check, uh, you know, people stealing checks and the technology exists to wipe out the ink on it and oh, change sure. the name of the payee. 
Uh, you know, so you look at that and go, wow, you know, there, there are a lot of ways that we can be taken advantage of. Have you made changes to your power, will, power of attorney, or beneficiaries is another question that she asked here. And, and I really like that question, you know, simply because I've had it happen with clients before. And this, I think it's really important to have an advisor that you trust because in this particular instance, what happened is the client had, uh, there were, and this is a long time ago, so I, you know, I'm okay telling a story like this because nobody's going to know on who on earth I'm talking about. It's so long ago that the people that are involved aren't even around anymore. Uh, but the situation was that the person actually had a couple of uh, children, and let me be very, very vague about that, had a couple of children, and one decided to try to work their way back into the good, race, good graces of the parent. And what happened is the parent had a, a period of time of lucidity. And what they did is they said, whoa, 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 wait a minute. No, this is not what I intended, and actually went back and changed the will. But what if that person did not have that? The person coerced them into making changes and, you know, one of the things that you do when you actually set up these financial documents is you make sure that the person is still of sound mind. And you'll find quite often, let me tell you this, we have found with, with custodians, that's, you know, somebody that would actually hold and handle the account, your investment accounts, a lot of times they won't take documents that are that old, you know, more than a few years old. And that may sound weird. But often what you want to do is revisit these documents on a pretty frequent basis. And again, we don't do this stuff. We don't sell this stuff. So this isn't, that isn't where this is coming from. But I'm telling you, this is just from our personal experience as financial people. Been doing this over 30 years. You do find that this happens, that documents that are older than three, four, five years may not necessarily be taken by the custodian when it comes down to it. So you want to update that stuff. Yeah. And people kind of think, okay, I did that, but mm -hmm. I'll, I'll ask that question. Do you have a will trust, whatever? And say, oh mm -hmm. yeah, we did that like 15 years ago. Right. And they probably don't even really remember exactly what it's what, what the provisions are. Laws yeah, sure. potentially have changed, something yeah. like that. But one thing about this issue, I just kind of thought of, it's kind of the stereotypical uh, movie uh, movie plot to where the new wife comes in, the old wife passed away or something, a new wife comes in right. and she's the, the evil new wife and she disinherits the kids by getting him to change the will or, yeah. getting, you know, that type of, of thing. That, sure. And while that's that's a movie plot, that's also, no, that's real life. sometimes that's real life. Exactly. Yeah. That stuff like that can happen. And so that's uh, another way that this can be abused. Yeah. And, and what, what people don't realize is sometimes what you can do is you can set up type of, of trusts that actually take care of a new spouse for their life. And then what happens is the assets revert to the children when that spouse passes away. So just recognize that those types of things are out there and they're available to be done you know, for that type of estate planning. Because, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of times kids hold resentment because of the fact that somebody comes in, swoops in, and all of a sudden the new spouse's kids from a previous marriage end up benefiting from all of the assets. So certainly something to think about. Hey, folks, I want to tell you something I'm really excited about. My new book, Confident Financial Planning, is finally out. It's in paperback, hardcover, Kindle version, and I actually have an audiobook version of it. Uh, it talks about building your financial castle. I use that throughout the book, talking about your investments, your financial plan is kind of like a castle. 
You have your savings and your emergency funds. I talk about that debt, good debt, bad debt. We talk about special goal funds and how to set those things up and how to invest for those types of special things that you might want to do in the future. Types of retirement accounts, different types of taxation of investment accounts. Talk about real estate investing and pros and cons of that, how to project retirement assets, and your moat. You know, that's how you protect your castle. It's the risk management aspect of a financial plan. You want to find out more about that? You go to paulwinkler.com forward slash book to get it. And I hope you enjoy. Well, now we have gotten into conversations regarding what do you do kind of planning wise as you get older? You know, sometimes what we, we spend so much time talking about investing, and I find that a lot of times people, they as they age, sometimes they get pulled in by things, and you know, they'll get emails, and they'll see emails about gold investing, the great collapse, or you know, currency is going to be changing, or we're going to digitize it, and, and the dollar is going to go away, and you can fall prey to things that are on the internet, certainly. Yeah, but- no one is more trusting than seniors, right? I mean, that They're just from a generation that isn't maybe as cynical as younger generations. Oh, I think that's so true, Jim. Yeah, and, they're, and so they're, just, they're the ones that are liable to get pulled in on this stuff because sometimes it's just impossible to fathom that there are bad people out there wanting to take your money for, you know. Yeah, I think I think that's certainly true. And not only that, but I, it, I often tell people, hey, look, you know, you, you don't think for a second somebody else can pull one over on you because you wouldn't even consider trying to pull one over on anybody else. You know, so I think that is so true, not only cynical, but, you know, typically honest people just assume everybody's just like them. So another thing, are you getting bills or statements or services you don't recognize or that you haven't requested? And that can, that can be kind of difficult because sometimes you order something, but the name of the company is a little bit different than what you thought it would be because sometimes they go under different names, right? Oh, right. It's been, uh, that's happened to me on my credit card statement before to where I see something. And so I have to verify with my wife, was this something that you bought or something that I bought that I just, it was shipped under a different company's name or whatever, you know, something yeah. like that. So absolutely. And it's funny because a lot of these, while pertaining to seniors, like I mentioned earlier, really apply to everybody. If some of this stuff, it's true. If, if you're getting bills that for stuff that you didn't buy, you, you probably want to give that some attention. Well, I think that's a big thing right now in general, is just looking through how many subscriptions have you signed up for, for example, and you're going, I don't even use that anymore. And, and it just keeps coming out. And it's just a money drain, you know, for people, because it's so easy to sign up for something like piano lessons or something like that. And, uh, and, and so and, much of that is automatic payments, right? You sign up once and automatically they're just hitting your credit card. And it's not always that easy to cancel. I think companies are making it easier just because of the pressure. But, you know, you have to go through like six different web pages or do a Google search on the internet to try to figure out how do I cancel this service? Yeah, for sure. Now, another one on here, are you being isolated from family members, friends, and support systems? This is a phenomenal question. It right, is I phenomenal. was going to just say, this is huge. This is one of the big ones. Go, right go ahead. You, you can go run with it. No, no. I, was, I would just say that's exactly kind of where I was coming from, just because that, you know, it, it would certainly be the intention of somebody that wants to do this type of elder abuse that they wouldn't want them communicating with anybody. So they're going to take them and they're going to limit, you know, I don't want, she doesn't want to talk to family or they're not answering the phone. They're not taking phone calls, taking the phone away, you know, different stuff like 
like that to keep them in a place to where they can use them as their own personal ATM without somebody else taking advantage. And this does happen. Yeah, and 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 the thing is, is it kind of reminds me of of all things cults. You know, sometimes what we do is we see a cult and go, they get isolated and go, how did they ever fall for all of that stuff? And the reason they fell for all of that stuff is because they had no voices of reason around them. And they had nobody saying, hey, you may want to think twice about this. And, and so often what they will do is they will demonize other people in your family. And the reason is if they can demonize those other people, you won't trust them. And then if they say anything to the contrary regarding what you're doing, well, you don't trust them because you have been told a lot of things that aren't true. You see this with kids, too. I mean, think about it when you have a marriage breakup and all of a sudden, you know, you got mom and dad are broken up and the kids you know, let's say they go with one of the parents and then that parent is just tearing apart the other parent and pitting them, the kids against that other parent. And then all of a sudden they don't trust them. The relationship's broken. Yeah, they, that's exactly right. And unfortunately, I've seen this in a not too distant relationship outside my family that mm -hmm. that exact thing took place for a guy, um, guy who's just uh, an outstanding dad, basically lost contact with his children because of that type of thing. And it's, it's brutal and it happens. Yeah, sure does. Another thing that is in here that I like, uh, not that I like is a bad word, but, but I think is a, is a good question. I like the question. I don't like the concept. It's, it's horrible. But have you noticed any sudden changes in financial situation or assets without your knowledge? Uh, have you seen money go out of the account or large sums of money go out of the account and you weren't the one that authorized it? And, and uh, maybe that somebody is taking advantage in ways that and maybe you sign something. And I've, I've had this, forget seniors, forget seniors. I have actually seen this happen where people that are very, very busy, business owners that are busy, and they have actually put people in charge in their company to make decisions. And all of a sudden those people made changes. And I remember one time actually it happened. This, this actually happened. This was long enough ago. When you've been in this business 30 years, you've seen just about everything. So uh, I had this happen one time, and the person actually put somebody else in charge, and the person got mad at me thinking that I did something, and I said I had no choice. When that person did something, I was supposed to listen to them, and I did not know that you did not want this to actually happen. And, you know, it wasn't the end of the world in this particular instance, but it was, you know, it was enough where they just got upset with me. And I says, no, you actually put this person in charge and you signed all the documents for that person to make decisions on your behalf. And there was no way for me to know because this was communicated with me. And uh, this, this, it was a lesson well learned many, many years ago for me when that happened. So recognize that sometimes you may be giving some, uh, you may be giving authority over to somebody that you may not necessarily want to make big, big decisions on your behalf. And too often I find that people get too stinking busy and then they abdicate their responsibility regarding their own affairs and then it comes back to bite them. You look like you, you got your finger on something there, Jim. What? Well, yeah, no, just kind of the next question. And, and to me, this is this kind of goes back to it's, a lot of these are interwoven. But the idea, has anyone recently become overly involved in your financial affairs without a legitimate reason? Mm. So, so, again, I can just see the 
picture of, uh, you know, vulnerable senior and there is family member, caregiver, whomever this person is, it just kind of wants to get a wedge in. Trying to, you know, uh, well, why don't you give me control over this account? And this way I can do this for you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe that's a legitimate reason, but it can get to be more and more. And, and, you know, again, it's just one of these things that that people have to be aware of and has to be watched maybe from multiple angles. So, you know, you have to watch out for yourself. Yeah, certainly. But if you can't watch out for yourself, sometimes as we get older, then there has to be people out there that are going to help protect you. And those people have to be on the lookout for these types of things as well. For sure. Hey, this is Paul Winkler. Hope you enjoyed today's edition of the Investor Coaching Show. You want to learn more about what we do, go to our website, paulwinkler.com. You can watch some of the videos there. And if you're not already a client, you can set up a free initial consultation. Until next time, I'm Paul Winkler reminding you that I believe that more educated investors are more confident investors and confident investors are more successful investors. Have a great one. Advisory services offered through Paul Winkler, Inc., an SEC-registered investment advisor. The opinions voiced and information provided in this material are for general informational purposes only and not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what investments are appropriate for you, please consult with a financial advisor. Paul Winkler, Inc. does not provide tax or legal advice. Please consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your particular situation.